Hi, hello, welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is October the 19th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing very well. I feel like I'm doing pretty good, you know, all thumbs up. Uh, let's see here. Work went pretty well. I gotta say I had um, a moment where I was talking with a you know co-worker and it was like very refreshing because uh for a, cu- a couple reasons one i got to talk to them about news which is like i'm always chomping at the bit to talk like in real life to another person face to face that feels really good about you know things i'm learning and talking about on this podcast so that was nice and two that it was over something like really serious about what's going on you know, you know, between Palestine and, and Israel, like hearing someone who at least had a similar perspective, you know, to me, or at least opinion, it, you know, like that felt really nice, especially for where I work. You know, I said this before, kind of when I look under the rocks, it definitely feels way more conservative. A lot of the people I work with, I've seen some people with some Trump shirts, things of that nature. It is what it is. Um, you know, it kind of comes with the location I work at where I live. But um, like you said, just having a conversation like that, I really just really liked. It was really nice. Also, I had another, um, you know, newbie come down and I uh, had to train him real quick. And uh, it went well, though. Like it was, it was, it was. It reminded me that I'm not always so callous and you know stern with people. If they like work with me, if they meld with me a little bit, so like this person was like a, a lot less, you know, a younger person. So they were like talking to me about games and anime and things like that. And you know, of course, I'm fucking 33, you know, millennial. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, of course, I, I still fuck with that. I I, I know me some Boruto, Naruto. Ah, <laughs> uh, believe it. So yeah, the vibes were, were good. You know, it's it's still cool, cold, rainy. Um, that being said, like the temperatures are like hitting the 60s technically, but like it's just so blech that it feels colder. And then in my house, like it, yeah, you know, I just it does not retain any heat. But we are holding out. I still haven't used the heat yet. So that heat, my, my utility bill is looking nice so far um, on this part of the fall. All right, let's see. We, we've kind of elaborated on the me corner food corner i did have hamburger hot dog uh fry but essentially i i did the diced potatoes i finally finished all the diced potatoes it's over the saga is over the diced potato cubes are gone finally um let's see i also i i caved at the end of the night too before bed and had some ice cream i finished off the the cheesecake ice cream Mm, still good still delectable and I immediately felt fat as fuck right after. Okay. All right. Um, so that's all the food. That's all the personal news. Um, once again, I kind of want to take an aside to kind of a corrections corner a bit, uh, you know, a little bit of add on with the Belt and Roads initiative. I, you know, once again, mea culpa. I wish I could apologize in, in Chinese. Um, you know, if I had my Mandarin, I would do it. But, um, Something I did want to add that was in the Reuters article that, like, you could tell that also the focus of the Belt and Road Initiative has changed, be it because of the times, be it because of where it's at, but definitely, like, pushing, like, more greener initiatives or whatever. And that was something I kind of got in the weeds and just didn't cover and just said, fuck it. So, you know, I know that's kind of a little bit disconjointed there, but figured I'd add that in the correction zone. 
All right, um, let's go ahead and do my little boot up, and then we'll run through some news that I wanted to cover for today, and then I'll let you go, and hopefully, you know, you can just keep on rocking in this, you know, this fucking Thursday that we got going on right now. I want to say in the free world, but that just does not feel as free these days, especially looking at, you know, where we are lately, you know? I don't know. It feels weird saying that <laughs> casually, so cavalier. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee. All right. From the Associated Press, Polish opposition leader Tusk declares win after exit poll shows ruling conservatives lose majority. All right. So to me and my American mind, uh, and maybe not the average American, I'm a little dummy sometimes, whatever. But this was a little bit hard to digest. But I have this issue anytime we're talking about like coalition government and things of that nature where you can see a party or like you know a main leader or whatever get picked and um yay awesome this party won but like they can't actually form a coalition that can run the government and it kind of winds up then going to whoever can do that actually so it's weird to like win the battle but then lose the overall war Granted, this is coming from a person who lives in a country where we use the Electoral College, and that is a fucking battlefield. Um, but let's go ahead and get into this. Let's talk about some Polish issues. Polish opposition leader Donald Tusk declared the beginning of a new era for his country after opposition parties appear to have won enough votes in Sunday's parliamentary election to oust the governing nationalist conservative party so that to me is is a good part like overall like even though this conservative party seemed to have won initially um which is the law and peace party um they weren't able they, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to form a coalition government with um you know the rest of the uh the government the rest of the parliament so that leaves it to the the runners up and they're going to be able to take over. I'll only go ahead and read my highlight portion here. If the result predicted by the exit polls holds law and justice won, but also lost, it got more seats than any other party, but fewer than um, in the previous election and not enough to be able to lead a government that can pass laws in the legislature legislature. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, it also showed that three opposition parties have likely won a combined 248 seats in the 460-seat lower house of parliament, the CGM. The largest of the groups is Civic Coalition, led by Tusk, a former prime minister and former European Union president. It won... 31.6% of votes the exit poll showed. I believe the Law and Justice Party won like 70-something. So, like, that's the bummer, is that that's what the people wanted. But at the same time, of the elected body in Parliament, that those people, like, the, 
the, the winning party can't actually coalesce into something that actually governs. So hooray for that. Hooray for parliament. Uh, I'll read this quote before we move on. I've been a politician for many years. I'm an athlete. Never in my life have I been so happy about taking seemingly second place. Poland won. Democracy has won. We have removed them from power. Tusk told his cheering supporters. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's sweet but bitter in a way because you'd like to just see a win across the board and, you know, this, uh, you know, this law and justice party, you know, soundly defeated, but you'll take the wins where you can get them, you know, especially, you know, when you're, when you're looking at it from a liberal lens, in my opinion. Um, but let's go ahead and move along. Let's talk about some crimes in Naples uh, from The Guardian. Neo Melo, Melodica? Neo, and I can say this better. Neo Melodica. I'm probably still fucking this up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Neo Melodica star Tony Colombo arrested in Naples Mafia Swoop. Uh, before announcing his retirement from singing in 2020, Antonio Tony Colombo was arguably the most acclaimed singer of Neo Melodico, an Italian pop genre that resonates strongly within mafia strongholds in southern regions of Italy. His songs were so highly praised among the underworld that when he married Tina Rispoli, uh, the widow of slain Neapolitan mafia boss, Gitano Mariano in 2019, dozens of members of the Camorra attended the wedding, their wedding. Hailing from Palermo, Colombo had become so popular with the Italian mafia that according to the police, he ended up working for them. He and Rispoli were among 27 arrested this week during a crackdown on members of the Naples mafia. They are both suspected for working with the clan of jailed mobster Marco DeLorio, police said. According to prosecutors, Colombo, 37 years old, is believed to have received illicit funds from the clan, disguising them as proceeds from his music career. Colombo and Rispoli have denied any involvement with organized crime. Now, I do love this part right here. Because this is where you see them leaning in. Uh, among the clan's ventures was a ready-to-wear clothes line named Corleone, referencing the fictional mafia family the, from the Godfather films. The clan also reportedly launched an energy drink called 9mm, named after a caliber of handgun ammunition. Which is like, I cannot believe that. Like, this man was like, you know what? I'm about to make pimp juice, but for Italians. <laughs> like, for Italianos. That's so fucking hard. That's so hard. <laughs> and also, oh my god, I really wish I had looked up Corleone. Like, like what was the wear? Like, please tell me there's some tracksuits in there. I need it. I need it. I need to be on my Sopranos fucking drip. Please give it to me. Um, so I love this for them. They got to live their, their, you know, Italiani, I don't know, Paisano dreams. I don't know, man. I'm fucking it up. But I just thought this was a super interesting fucking story. Apparently this dude was like super fucking popular. Uh, what was it? His latest song, Ti Aspetto al Altare, I'm Waiting for You at the Altar, has garnered nearly 60 million views on YouTube. So this dude was a big deal. 
Um, but sadly, yeah, they, they caught up to this guy. Um, some of the things that they were, were doing was extortion, also suspicion, suspicion of uh, rigging auctions and smuggling tobacco, um, which I don't know, that always seems like such a like small baby crime to me, but I'm like in Ohio where like, oh man, we're, let's go to Kentucky and get cheaper cigarettes and then like come back. Like I remember my friends used to do that fucking shit. Um, so I don't know. I, it always feels like baby crimes, but I know that that's something, especially when you're doing it like country to country, things like that. That's where it's like, Ooh, that's bad news. Don't do that. I think they were, yeah, they were smuggling cigarettes from Bulgaria and Ukraine, uh, often using intermediaries. Uh, they also did sports and uh, betting halls and supermarkets, uh, smuggling cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this man was a part of the life. He was a part of the family, and it caught up to him. So, uh, you know, there's that. <laughs> uh, we might, I don't know, who knows? We might cover any trial stuff if that comes up, but I don't know. Who knows? We might leave it there. Uh, but from NBC News... Texas woman charged with murder of elite cyclist Mo Wilson tried to escape custody. Uh, now, I got to say, I got to give credit where it's due. I was listening to Side Stories uh, last podcast, and um, this story came up, and I was like, oh, shit, I've covered this. Like, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. So apparently, um, the Texas woman charged with killing an elite cyclist last year tried to escape custody Wednesday, officials said. Caleb Marie Armstrong, 35 years old, is charged with murder in the fatal shooting of Anna Mariah Moe, or Moe Wilson, 25 years old, in Austin in May of 2022. She pleaded not guilty. Um, Armstrong was taken to a doctor's appointment Wednesday and as she was being escorted out afterwards, uh, she ran. Travis County Sheriff, Sheriff Spokesperson Kirsten Dark said. Apparently, I think this was kind of like her plan. She more or less set this up where she like said like she had, I think, like an ankle injury or something to that effect or some kind of leg thing where um, they wouldn't use leg shackles on her. And she was like preparing so that she could just like break loose and like just fucking sprint away. And, uh, I don't know, she was on her Ted Bundy shit and it just did not work out for her. And, you know, obviously that's good. I think it was like a 10 minute situation, but I mean, she was able to run to the point where she like fell out of view from them. So, I mean, you know, pretty daring fucking escape. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find the name of the dude. Um, essentially, um, Armstrong, Wilson, and the cyclist uh colin strickland were in this uh a, you know makeshift love triangle situation armstrong and strickland were dating for a few years they were on a break i don't know it felt like some like fucking friends episode or some shit and essentially during this break um strickland starts dating wilson and uh, armstrong finds out about it she's like filled with rage she more or less comes up with this murder scheme and, you know, pulls up, you know, I think shoots her in her apartment or something like that. And then like gets in her car, leaves and then tries to go to Costa Rica and they fucking catch her ass. So um, obviously trying to uh, escape is not going to help your case. So uh, probably uh, not looking good for Armstrong at all. Not that it was looking good beforehand. 
but you know i'll definitely try to keep you posted on anything else i hear but i was like literally listening to this on side stories and i was like what the fuck oh shit this is like real ass fucking news but i mean that does kind of make sense with you know the changes you know what's going on there uh you know that's a whole other fucking you know maybe news thing but i don't feel like covering it for my pod you know i'll leave it to other news sources on that and if you know you know um but yeah let's go ahead and move along let's talk about some uh other news i've covered uh, a little bit of updates from the associated press uh gop's jordan says he's still running for house gavel but plan for a temporary speaker falls flat so, uh, yeah, it's looking uh, not good for old Skeletor here. Um, looks like uh, Ohio's main man, which I got to say is crazy because I've been reading some other shit and, like, people have been saying, it's like, win or lose, like, Ohio still backs uh, Jim Jordan. And, I, I mean, I'm sure, like, if you're, you know, certain demographics of Ohio, I live in Cincinnati, so, like, Cincinnati, Columbus, any of, like, the metropolitan, you know, areas, definitely going to be more Democratic. That's very common. But, um... You know, there are definitely, like, strongholds that, like, motherfuckers like Jim Jordan just hold roost. And it's, like, even though this guy was, like, literally, like, supporting Donald Trump's uh, fake-ass election bullshit, even though this motherfucker was a part of and supported January 6th or whatever the fuck, like, nah, they love this man. They don't care. If you're not for this guy, you're a fucking fake. You're a rhino. Republican in name only. But anyway... So, um, uh, sadly, uh, for our, um, you know, our Jimmy, he's just not, he's not making the cut. <laughs> so far, I believe there's been two rounds of voting. And, um, from the initial first round, he kind of looked bad, but some could still say good. He went from like 50 potential no's to 20. And it's like, okay, that's technically progress, but in a situation where you literally have a margin of four no's against you, you're fucked. You're cooked. But he's tried to make this, like, really hard push. Him and uh, fellow radicals have tried to make this push where, like, they're literally saying, like, hey, if you have a constituent that's not voting for me, Jim Jordan, um, or if, you, like, if, you, if, you, if you're a constituent, and, you know, this Republican who's not voting for me, you should blow down on that, that Republican, that politician. You should make their life difficult. You should email them, tell them, ask them why. I mean, hell, even Sean Hannity of fucking Fox News is, like, trying to browbeat and fucking use his fucking weird press way, which is really fucked up when you think about it, to convince politicians to vote for Jim Jordan. And they're like, no, he's creepy. He's got a skull face. We don't like him. He's phony. He's baloney. We don't like him. And they're holding the line. And literally, there was a, um, I don't have his name at the ready, my bad. But uh, there was a congressman's wife who's like, look, I'm getting text messages from anonymous people telling me that I need to change my husband's mind for like the sake of the, for America. And I mean, needless to say, uh, come the next vote that's happened, he's now lost ground because there's people like, no, dude, this 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 campaign you're pushing for isn't working. It's actually having a negative effect. And that's exactly what you do not want to see if you're Jim Jordan and Jim Jordan enjoyers. Uh, you know, the Matt Gates of the world are just really just choking on dick right now. It's, it's very unfortunate for them. Uh, you know, I, and of course me, I'm loving it. I, I think it's great. Uh, in terms of what Democrats are doing right now, 
they are rallying around Akeem Jeffries, the minority uh, leader. Um, so, I mean, he's getting the most votes. But they're also saying, hey, look, um, there is, uh, what is it, Patrick McHenry or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, that was McCarthy's interim pick. And essentially, he's still the interim guy. They're saying, hey, why don't we just maybe make some concessions here, write some legislation or something to kind of bump up the temporary so he can actually just hold court, you know, hold Congress, um, you know, hold the House down until next year. And Jim Jordan is actually now saying, well, okay, maybe I can't win right now. (laughs) Maybe I can't win right now, but you give me some time. You give me some time. You give me the opportunity. I'm going to make it work. And I think that's where we're settling at as of right now. We will see, Um, you know, I mean, if there's any, you know, more developments before they, you know, take a break for the weekend, you know, I'll definitely be here to cover it. But um, yeah, I just felt like riffing on this. I didn't really feel like touching the article. If you want to read it, you know, you know where it is. It's, you know, the Associated Press. Uh, We have one more thing to cover and then I'll let you go. Also, I'm sorry. I know this is random. I know I have a squeaky chair. Hey, this is this is uh, you know amateur podcasting, baby. <laughs> Sometimes I get self conscious. I think about that shit. But at the end of the day, you know, we've we're almost at. Uh, actually, I think we're over 400 episodes in the sum of things. So you know, if you're here, you're listening. Thank you. Thank you for being a real one and ignoring the bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me take my last break and then we will close it out. Ooh wee. Ooh wee. Hmm. Okay, from the <laughs> from the Oh my. From the insider. <coughs> Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A to shell out 4.4 million dollars in cash and gift cards after customers accused it of inflating delivery prices. Report says. All right, let's chop it up. Chick-fil-A reportedly has agreed to shell out 4.4 million dollars to customers who accused the chain of promising low delivery fees while secretly inflating menu prices as much as 30% during the pandemic. The legal news site Top Class Actions first reported the settlement, which comes less than a month after a group of six plaintiffs filed a lawsuit seeking class action status in a Georgia federal court. Uh, According to the news outlet, uh, oops, sorry, let's give it around here. Uh, Uh, yeah, according to the news outlet, the fried chicken chain did not admit guilt in the settlement, which is is usually common. When you have a settlement, part of the deal is you're saying, hey, you're going to take the money and we're done here. Like, we're not saying sorry. We're just saying, hey, it's over. We're good. Beef squashed. It's all chicken, baby. Um, so that's not surprising. 
Also, something I, I, I wanted to highlight here with this situation is like kind of like you saw the number, right? $4.4 million. That feels like big number, right? Like, oh, wow, big. Yeah, big big W. Awesome for a customer. Hooray. Um, but the payout winds up being uh, $29.25 in cash payment or a $29.25 gift card. So, I mean, that's cool, but, like, if you're involved in this clash action lawsuit at the end of the day, that's what the trickle-down is for you. Uh, so, you know, eh, it's something, at least just as a served. But I will say, I remember this a lot from my DoorDash days, because I never really ordered while I was DoorDashing, but I'd always, like, talk to people about DoorDash, because, like, it was my living, it was my job. So, I just, like, would always, like, want to probe people, and, like, hey, how's the other half live? And a big gripe from people was, like, they kind of saw through the bullshit and they realized, like, okay, but I'm paying more money to get this delivered to me. Like, I don't even care about whatever delivery fee that you're waiving or whatever the fuck. I see that I'm paying way more money here. And, like, I get that. That would be very frustrating to see that. So, and also, I don't believe that Chick-fil-A is the only one that has done this. Uh, the suit alleged that the chain was inflating base menu prices by as much as 30% on delivery orders compared to in-store prices. On delivery orders only, Chick-fil-A secretly marks up food prices for delivery orders by a hefty 25 to 30%, the suit states. In other words, the identical orders of a 30-count chicken nuggets cost approximately 5 to $6 more when ordered for delivery than when ordered via the same mobile app for pickup or when ordered in store. Now, naturally, companies are trying to do this to comp their fucking fees because they have to pay DoorDash for this whole fucking service and they need to have the service, especially during the pandemic, because that was how you're going to like, at least for like a, like a month or two, how you were getting orders out. Uh, it was, you know, very crazy. And I mean, obviously you experienced this, you're a listener and you probably lived through 2020. That'd be crazy if you, if you haven't, maybe we, maybe we've made it that far into the future. And for that, I salute myself and I salute you future listener. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was crazy times and I get that uh, companies are just getting over on this shit. And I, I still feel like it's a concern for customers. I know I think about it when I am cycling through a DoorDash app. Granted, I haven't looked at one of those in ages. Uh, I, I, that is my personal uh, conspiracy theory for the year is that I financially bankrupted myself yet again this year because I wanted to treat myself to a little treat. And I'm sure, you know, longtime listeners know I was, I was eating... DoorDash on my breaks. I was living fat off the hog. I thought I was living so good. And then and then the Fire Nation came. <laughs> they came. <laughs> oh no, how they came. And I ran out of money. Uh that shit's expensive, yo. So um, you know, but buyer beware. That is the moral of this story, I feel like. Um, yeah, even the um homophobic chicken, you know. Yeah, they're living by the Lord's rules, but I mean <laughs> even white Jesus gotta make a little money, baby. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all I got. I'm fried. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh that's the episode. Oh, I learned a little long here. I'm sorry. Ooh. Um let me show real quick. Shill a little bit. Advertising for myself. Patreon.com says Isaiah News. If you'd like to support the effort, you do become a newsy. 
maybe with uh you know enough patreons i can get you know new setup i can get a non-squeaky chair maybe that'd be dope that'd be rad uh let's see here free ways to hit me up isaiahnews1 at gmail.com i am on all the socials that you're probably on feel free to follow me or the podcast um there uh Please subscribe to the YouTube. That helps out a lot. And then uh, thumbs up. Also hit the bells, all the, you know, follow buttons on your listening app of your choice. Uh, Keep up with the Joneses. That's me. And then, um, yeah, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.